The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Mesh Shorts. Just in time for summer, we got a brand new line of Mesh Shorts for you. Use promo code SHORTS at store.gamblingpodcast.com for 10% off store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com for 10% off. All right. Already. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the MLB gambling podcast. Um, yes. Another fill in host for yours. Truly. My name is Noah Beanick, AKA 77. And with me guest host, uh, guest co-hosting is Scott Reichel. You can follow him on Twitter at Reichel radio. Scott, how we, how we doing today? Yeah, doing pretty well. I ended up recording an episode earlier for the NBA podcast uh, for the Eastern Conference Finals. But of course, baseball still going on. Feels like a lot of people forgot the sport's still going on because you've had <laughs> hockey playoffs. Yeah. You had a game seven. You had a game seven in basketball for Sunday. A game seven in hockey on Monday. But of course, baseball still chugging along. Uh, doing pretty well. Uh, unfortunately for my Yankees, they gave Clark Schmidt a start again. In the middle of Mar- of May, I don't know how many times you need to see the guy pitch before you realize that he can't pitch. But apparently, not enough. So <laughs> hanging in there, uh, yeah, doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I was under the weather over the weekend, still feeling a little bit under today on Monday, but not nearly as bad as Malcolm. I assume he contracted COVID nineteen over the weekend. So again. Uh, the MLB Gambling Podcast is in full scramble mode. Uh, imagine Bryson Dam- DeChambeau driving a ball onto the right side, another fairway on the golf course, and now he has to hit it over a couple of trees. That's what we're doing this week because Munaf is still out. Uh, baby Michael uh, is demanding most of his attention right now, and that is fully understood. Um, and He's got all the time in the world. Malcolm said he might be back during the middle of the week. And then I think it's you and Dylan tomorrow. So, yeah, man, we're scrambling, but wouldn't have it any other way. Um, my uh, my college team won the first game of the NAIA regional for uh, the national tournament. We won 20 to 3. So that was a, a great thing to wake up to this morning because uh, I didn't. I didn't watch the game, but uh, it's always nice to see just a blowout come across the timeline. Um, Before we jump into some of these games, let me tell you about Shady Rays. We're teaming up with uh, Shady Rays for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also get a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by their lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. 
And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well. With shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom, go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your seat to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. You already got your shades, and now it's time to get a fresh, great pair of mesh shorts for the summer. SGPN has just dropped a brand new line of mesh shorts, perfect for any summer activity. Whether you want to go to the ballpark and watch an MLB game or a college baseball game, the mesh shorts rep the brand, SGP, SGPN, all your favorite podcasts. Um, We have merch all over the store. I'm wearing the Mike Leach shirt as well. You can head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use code SHORTS for 10% off. All right, Scott, let's jump into these games for Tuesday, um, May 16th. The first game on our schedule is the Los Angeles Angels at the Baltimore Orioles. Angels plus 110 on the road. Orioles minus 130 at home. Total set at 9 with juice to the over, um, the Orioles minus one and a half plus one thirty, um, and the Angels plus one and a half minus one seventy two. Scott, how are we splitting the teams here? So for me, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Uh, simply put, the F- the Angels. We know anytime they're above five hundred, we're a bit surprised, and they've recently been pretty underwhelming for the last couple of weeks. Baltimore though keeps chugging along. They've been in the middle of a pretty long uh, home trip here, and they've been very solid in it. 13-6 and six at home, but it's mostly a starting pitching advantage that I'm interested in for Baltimore. You're looking at the overall season numbers, and Kramer has not exactly been great. However, last two starts, 12 innings, one earned run allowed, so it seems like he finally found his stuff again. Meanwhile, you have Solseth, who's pitching for the Angels, who's more of an opener, so he's not going to go much distance in this overall matchup. But he was pretty underwhelming last time out, faced off against Texas, Gave up six runs, three of them earned in three and a third against the Rangers once again. So not exactly in great form. He's mostly an opener, so I'm not sold on him overall just as a pitcher in this matchup. Give me Kramer in great form at home with the Baltimore team that once again has been very solid for the last week or so and has been really good at home this season. I'm on Baltimore, maybe on the run line, but I do think they should win this game pretty comfortably. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm on the Orioles as well, and we talked about this prior to the podcast. I I am feeling a little under the weather, and I didn't watch a ton of games this weekend, which by default, it just goes to me sharing a lot of stats, which I don't love to do a lot. I like to deliver some analysis, but for me in this game, it's uh, the bullpens. Baltimore, sixth best over the last two weeks with a 320 to the Angels 17th with a 425. They're full run better. Um, and then at home, you're giving me uh, the Orioles who can swing it pretty well. Um, and they've uh, Kramer's been doing a little bit better than Silseth. And like you mentioned, uh, Silseth doesn't go too deep into the game. So I really think it's going to rely on the bullpens in this game. So I'll go with the Orioles as well. Um, and the next game on our schedule is the uh, the Noah Beanick game, of course. There's two games, uh, two games set during the midweek here. I might be at this one tomorrow. We'll see. Um, because I'm not on the podcast, I have free time. I might go to it. The Pittsburgh Pirates traveled to Detroit to take on the Tigers. Tigers minus 118 on the money line. The Pirates plus 105. Total set at nine with juice to the under. And the minus one and a half on the Tigers is plus 160. Um, and plus one and a half, minus 190 on the Pirates here. I'll lead this game off. This is one of the ones that I'll uh, prepare a handicap for and lead. Um, 
I remember when the Pirates were going into the Tampa Bay series and they had 20 wins. They were the best team in the National League. And at the time, I was just hesitant to really believe that Pittsburgh was for real. Uh, Malcolm and Dylan were trying to talk me into it, and I just I wasn't ready to hop onto the bandwagon. Since the beginning of that series, the Rays, they've won just two of their last 13 games. They were swept by the Rays and the Jays, and they lost two of three to the Orioles and the Rockies. The Pirates are now 22-19, and 19, looking for a new hot streak as, as they won the last game in the Orioles series. They'll have to do that with Luis Ortiz on the mound. In his first start this year, uh, he surrendered five runs, only two earned um, against the Rockies. It was on one home run. He only had one strikeout. He had a walk, um, and he'll face Michael Lorenzen in this game for Detroit. He's thrown back-to-back starts of seven innings, one earned run, Uh, against the Mets and the Guardians. I feel a little bit more comfortable with Lorenzen's form lately, so I'll take the Tigers on the money line here. Scott, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Tigers as well. Uh, Pittsburgh has fallen off a cliff, and I think you're getting a pretty good price fading this team. Detroit so far has been hit or miss, but you know I feel like 18 and 21 is a decent start compared to how bad they were in the first two weeks of the season in general. But Pittsburgh, you said they've lost two of their they've lost uh, 11 of their last 13. Yeah. I believe is the number that you said. Yep. So, yeah, I want nothing to do with them. And I do think <laughs> that even though this team showed signs early in the year, a lot of it I thought was a bit of fool's gold after O'Neill Cruz got hurt and it seemed yeah. like they went on a run. But I'm not mistaken, I believe last year they were decent, not for this long of a time period, but they were decent for a couple of weeks, and then they lost 100 games. So I'm not <laughs> shocked that Pittsburgh got off to an okay start and then fell off a cliff immediately. But nobody thought this Pittsburgh team would be competing for much going into the year. I think most people penciled them in for 90 losses, give or take. I'm going to go with Detroit. I just think Detroit's been playing better baseball lately. And you mentioned Lorenzen's last couple of outings has been solid. I'm not a big Ortiz guy. A little bit of a small sample size there. But I'm going to lean to Detroit at home. I do think that they're the better team, at least based on current form, they're the better team. Yeah, I I agree with you there. And uh, the, the line opened up. By the books, I think it was 61 and a half for the win total on Pittsburgh. Every a lot of people bet it up all the way up to 68, and I thought that was just a little nuts on the Pirates, but they had a hot start. I was starting to doubt myself, but this is somewhat the team that I expected with a pitching staff that just seems a little bit lackluster and one of the best closers in the league. But if you can't get to the closer, then what's the point? Uh, the next game on our slate is the Washington Nationals and Miami Marlins. Marlins minus 145 on the money line at home. Nationals plus 134. Um, This one opened a little bit higher uh, for the Marlins. It's come down a little bit uh, since opening. Total set at 7.5. Juice towards the over here. Minus 1.5 on the Marlins, plus 150. Plus 1.5 on the Nationals, minus 170. I think this game is pretty tight, Scott. Two under-the-radar pitchers that I seem to like um, and always kind of back at plus money, but it's tough for Lazardo at minus 145. Um, and in general, it's a tough game to handicap. Josiah Gray has been better away from home this year with a 243 ERA, 27 strikeouts, 10 walks, and five starts. But the Marlins, they've seen good success against him um, in the past with a 330-14 batting average. So uh, that one's a little scary. A uh, big part of that was Jazz, who's now injured, but also Garrett Cooper, 9 for 14, hitting 643 against Gray. Jorge Soler, 364 with a solar bomb. Joey Wendell hitting 500. Yuli Gurriel, 333. Then on the other side, like I mentioned, Lazardo 
He does perform better at home so far this year. 279 ERA through five starts, 32 strikeouts, 12 walks. But Washington, they have a top 10 OPS against left-handed pitching within the last 30 days. 803, they have a 119 WRC plus during that time span. I'm towards the plus money with the Nats on the road, but I'm going to stay away from the game. Scott, how are we deciding between these two teams? So at first glance, I'm going to lean to Washington on the plus money because Washington's actually been pretty solid lately. And as we're doing this podcast, they're actually up 4-1 again on the Mets. So they have been playing pretty well uh, despite not having the most talent on the roster. Let's put it that way. Miami's been meh, which I feel like kind of sums up their I don't know. I'd, I'd say they're off season and sums up their overall well, roster. It, it, it's, it's okay. You know, could be better, could be worse, but they've been hanging in there. I do think at the end of the day, though, I am going to lean to the under and the first five under mostly because I do think that both starting pitchers are solid. We know Miami's ballpark is one of the most pitcher friendly ballparks yeah. in the league. I'm going to lean to the first five under. I do think Miami has a bit of an advantage in scheduling spot because they are not playing on Monday while the Nationals are in the middle of playing the Mets right now. So I am wondering how much bullpen the Nationals will have left for that Tuesday game. But I am going to go with the first five under here, and I am going to go with the Nationals at plus money. I took Gray last start in the first five against the Giants, and that won comfortably. I think Gray's a good pitcher. The problem was they couldn't score for him earlier in the year. Now they can, and they've been playing well once again over the weekend. I believe they're about to win the series against the Mets, correct? Or they're about to split, maybe. I think they're about like, to split. Again, I didn't watch too yeah, much baseball I, I think over the they're week. About I can split. find that for you, though. Yeah, I, I just looked. They're about to split. Okay. But Nationals, assuming they hold on to the 5-1 lead, that means that they have won about five of their last eight games, which you know is decent for Washington's overall roster. So <laughs> I'm going to lean to the first five under in the Nationals at plus money. I don't think the Marlins should be this big of a favorite. You mentioned Chisholm getting hurt. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Once again, I know last time <laughs> I was on the show, I uh, or I was on the show with Dylan. I made some comments about Chisholm, and I know you tried to play devil's I advocate, tried to, but yeah, he he can't stay healthy. I, I've criticized no. him for it for a while, and now Which, he's probably going to go. Is he on the IL officially, or he's going? To no, play? not yet. I think he's still been looked at by the doctors before they're going to officially play him on place him on the IL. But okay. uh, yeah, that was just somewhat of a weird injury. Uh, I don't know who runs into a wall, kind of like. I don't know how you how you put tape around a dead body in a movie. That's kind of like how he ran yeah. into it um, when the ball was a little bit to his left. And it just seemed like he could have maybe ran into it with his shoulder, just decided to go head in. <laughs> I, either <laughs> but that's way, the well, inexperience of an outfielder. Yeah. Like you guys point is, so. Chisholm getting hurt, not surprised. I think he's an <laughs> underratedly injury-prone player, at least in the young stage of his career. I, I don't know he's, if it's underrated. I mean, I, I think he's been injured every year. Yeah, I mean, he has, but the point is he hasn't been in the league long enough where people realize that this is like a common thing. I expect him to miss roughly like 40 games every year. That's kind of what I'm assuming going in. <laughs> so with him being out, Miami's offense still not great. So I do think Gray's in a very good spot here. Uh, give me the Nationals in the first five under. All right. Uh, let me guys, let me tell you guys about Talkify. Life is all about what ifs. So what if you try something new when it comes to dating? Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles. What if they help you find what you're looking for? 
Uh, Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then they'll select and screen potential matches for you doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions. That way you don't have to ask the awkward ones on first dates from there you uh your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all the communications for you creating a safe and stress-free dating experience talkify is committed to finding your match 80 percent of clients met their person within the first 12 matches and right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash SGPN. Um, before we jump into this next game, i got to write that down. Um, our next game on the slate is the... New York Yankees and Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays minus 170 on the money line. Yankees plus 152. Total set at nine. Juice towards the under. Minus one and a half on the Blue Jays. Plus 120. Plus one and a half. Minus 134 on your New York Yankees. Scott, what are we we doing here? I think Toronto's going to win this game. So I got to figure out how to get value on it because minus 170 is not going to cut it. I think I am winning to minus one and a half. I know Herman's been pretty good lately, but it seems like the Yankees always sabotage his good starts. The opening game of the series, which is taking place in about an hour or so, uh, the Yankees are actively punting. They're resting, I believe, LeMayhew. <laughs> they're starting Jimmy Cordero. They're having a punt game. So, yeah, I'm not sure how much of the bullpen they're going to burn in this one, but I am going to go with Toronto. They're 12-3 and three at home. Which I find fascinating because they've played 40 games and they've only had 15 home games, which I find a little bit odd. But they've been that good at home, and the Yankees on the road, 7-9. and nine. Uh, Of course, Stan still on the IL. The offense did wake up a little bit in that Tampa series over the weekend. They still did not exactly win the series, but the point is they woke up offensively. I do think at the end of the day, though, with Gaussman being solid and with Toronto being really good at home, I think it's going to be a pretty rough couple of days there for the Yankees. Uh, I'm going to go with Toronto minus one and a half. Gaussman is very solid at keeping the ball low and keeping the ball in the ballpark. Herman's been better lately, but I still have question marks about the overall Yankee bullpen, and I still have questions about his sustained success because Herman in his career has been a relatively streaky pitcher. Let's put it that way. I'm going to link to Toronto. I like their current form. I'll take the Blue Jays. Yeah, I, I like the I like what you mentioned about just try to find a way that, that you can play Toronto with good value because at this point price it's not the greatest idea, but I do agree with you that the Blue Jays probably come out on top. Gosman uh, has been really good so far this year and even better at home. He has a 180 ERA at home with 24 strikeouts, only one walk. I'm not sure you want to fade that in this game, although Herman has done all right. This bullpen for the Yankees has not. Like you mentioned, they might not throw out some of their better pieces, but they do have a 492-year array, which is 25th in the MLB over the last two weeks. Toronto a little bit better with 410, but I'll take my chances with Gosman on the mound. Um, probably, I don't know, it, it might be like a, a a team total under for the Yankees 
uh, kind of thought about it, but, but it was at th- you just got to look at half. what that comes out. Yeah, it's at three. It was and at half. three and a half or so because the total's roughly eight, eight and a half, and Toronto's minus one seventy. So Yankees are going to be three and a half for a team total. I wanted the under, but I also want to incorporate that Yankees bullpen into the handicap because they have been very underwhelming. So I feel like I, I decided to ignore the team total because I really do want the bullpen advantage for Toronto <laughs> in there. So that's why I took the run line instead. Okay. Yeah, it's not a bad angle at all. Uh, the next game on our slate, let me pull up the odds for it. It is the Tampa Bay Rays and New York Mets. The Mets are minus 155 now on the money line. That's gone up 10 cents. And the Rays plus 138. The total is set at 8.5 with juice towards the under. Minus one and a half on the Mets is plus one thirty. Plus one and a half on the Rays is minus one forty. The listeners from last year know that my number one MLB betting commandment is don't fade Justin Verlander. Uh, a year ago, he won the Cy Young off of Tommy John surgery. Now, after a spring training so- shoulder injury, JV is one and one with a two twenty five ERA, twelve strikeouts through twelve innings, only three walks. And uh, those two starts, they were against the Tigers and the Reds, but both were, I think, tougher environments. Like you're talking about his return to his first MLB team in his first start of the season. And then also inside the great American shoebox for a guy that is notorious for giving up the long ball. He didn't give up a single one in that Reds start. He gave up two to the Tigers, but both of those were in the first inning. He settled down. He didn't give up a run after that. I'm backing my guy here and the Mets mainly because Jalen Beeks is going to start for Tampa, and it's basically a bullpen game because he hasn't gone deeper than three innings this year. I see Chirinos, so I'm assuming oh, Beeks is going to open. I'm assuming he's going to open for Chirinos. That's yeah, okay. So yeah, Chirinos is going to tail. Um, but yeah, I have Jalen Beeks. He has a 5.06 ERA and 10 road appearances. Chirinos is going to follow for probably another four innings. So now expect maybe five to six from those two guys max. Um, Scott, this is my nugget. Um, the Chirinos thing kind of throws it off a little bit, but I'm not too wary about it. I, I still like Verlander at home with the Mets. Um, where do you think uh, I like to throw in a trivia question every now and then uh, guess where Tampa Bay's bullpen ranks in ERA over the past two weeks? Uh, just about the majors or the American League? The majors. I'm assuming number one. They're 28th. AKA Never mind. Third to okay. last. I, it was going to be an extreme. That's why I was trying to guess here, but Tampa's usually in usually like the top good. three. That's, so that's why, why I, I took a guess, but okay. Yeah, that's why I wanted to throw it out there because it's un, unreasonably un, I should have realized unusually. it was going to be high because you only are bringing it up since it supports your case. So that's yeah, kind of my yeah. bad. But there you go. You got you to gotta try to shave the yeah, cat. I, I, I forgot to you know <laughs> think about the reason why you were about to share this nugget. It's because it supports your case on the Mets. Yeah, so, uh, they have 564 ERA over the last two weeks. I think Verlander delivers in... I, I think he delivers a win in his first start at City Field as a Met. So uh, give me the Mets, but I, I don't really like that price anymore. It was minus 145, and it's jumped up since I handicapped it. So Maybe a plus money run line. I don't know if I like that fading the Rays, but uh, Scott, how are you uh, handicapping this game? Yeah, I also realized in hindsight that uh, Tampa's bullpen has gotten killed by the Yankees offense the last week (laughs) or so. So I forgot the exact number. They talked about it on the Yankees broadcast over the weekend that Tampa's numbers against the rest of the league with their bullpen versus the numbers against the Yankees and the Yankees have completely sabotaged their entire bullpen <laughs> array because they're great against every other team except for the Yankees for some reason. But 
I'm going to take Tampa in the spot. I know that Verlander's the better starting pitcher. I get all that. But at, I'm, maybe it's just the way that I've always handicapped baseball games and baseball spots like this. Are the Mets going to win this game? Probably. I mean, they got the much better pitcher. But based on current form, I can't take the Mets. Like, I want nothing to do with this team when they're about to split against the Nationals over the weekend. They're below 500. They're most likely going to be two games below 500 by the time that most of you listen to the podcast. They've been really underwhelming. Like They just have not looked like a good baseball team. And Tampa's been the best team in the league. If you want to give me the best baseball team in the league at roughly plus 140, I'm going to take it and say thank you. Now, yes, I know that there's a couple of trap spots year in, year out. I used to see with the Dodgers all the time. They'd be like one or two games out of the year. They'd be plus 130, plus 140. It'd be against like the Giants or something. And they'd usually lose those games, like usually. So it wouldn't shock me if the Mets win this one, but... I, I can't take the Mets at minus 160. I, I just can't do it. This team has found ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And I, I can't <laughs> I can't back this team. It's just the fact that the Mets right now, I don't know if it's Showalter, I don't know what the reasons are, but this team just has a hard time of putting together a full nine-inning effort. And would it shock me if the Rays trailed early in this game? The Mets' bullpen comes in. And suddenly Tampa scores three runs in the seventh and they sneak out a win? No. Exactly. I think that actually might be what happens in this game. They bring in Adovino. Mets fans get extremely nervous, rightfully so. And Adovino (laughs) blows the game. I'm going to go with Tampa. I just think based on the current price point, if you're going to give me a team that's as good as the Rays at plus money to this degree, I kind of have to take it on principle and hope that they find a way. I'm going to take Tampa here. I sense a little bit of... uh dislike towards Adovino. Is, is that correct? As a Yankees fan, he was okay, but if you just watch him pitch this year, command's always a concern because all of his pitches have movement. Yeah. And when you have a hard time of really finding the center of the plate when you want to, and all your pitches automatically are moving in and out of the zone, you can't really tell. The Rays still have a lot of disciplined bats, so I do think they can make a lot of noise against this bullpen. And once again, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. You mentioned Tampa's bullpen, but a lot of their poor numbers are against the Yankees compared to the rest of the league. So I think Tampa's bullpen should be fine in this spot, but it's mostly not wanting to lay 160 yeah. with a Mets team that's right now below 500. I'm going to pass on that, and I'm going to hope that Tampa keeps it a low-scoring game early on and does some damage against the bullpen. But I'm going to lean to the best team in baseball getting a decent amount of plus money as my play. That's not a bad look at all. The w- a way to take this game because again, like when I was talking about it, I didn't like the price going up. Um, a lot of times that like might tell you that you're on the right side, but it's also just a lot of people that are jumping on that early on. Like, like for um, example, right now in the Monday game, the Mets have one run in the bottom of the fifth inning. Yeah, they're against Patrick Corbin. They scored one run, five innings against Corbin. Like I, I have no faith in your offense at this point in time. I am going to lean to Tampa. Good points. Um, the next game on our schedule is the Seattle Mariners and at the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox are plus 122 at home. Mariners minus 140. Total set at nine and a half with juice towards the under. The uh, minus one and a half on the Mariners plus 113 plus one and a half on the Red Sox minus 135. Scott, how do you divvy up the two teams here? So I do like the current form the Red Sox have been in. I know that they lost the Sunday night game against uh, St. Louis pretty comfortably, but I do think at the end of the day, I'm going to lean to Seattle in this spot. Simply put, 
I can't fade Castillo against Pavetta. Like I, I, I just can't. Castillo is such a phenomenal starting pitcher, and even though you could argue, you know, it's going to be in Fenway, the short port. You know, not, sorry, the uh, Green Monster uh, might give him some problems with some extra base hits. I'm just so anti Pavetta, and I know Pavetta has been surprisingly decent for a couple years there with Boston, but maybe it's just because I remember his Philly tenure. I've never been a big Pavetta guy. I know his record a couple years ago was solid because he basically led the league in run support. I've never thought that he was a great starting pitcher by any means, and this year has been especially bad. 623 ERA, but he has a 630 ERA at home. So he's basically been equally bad at home and on the road, which is a bit of a problem. But Seattle's been pretty good lately. Uh, they're back over 500. They're at 500 at the moment, but it's mostly just Castillo versus Pavetta. I'm not going to go against Castillo. I just think that he's a very solid pitcher. I think that he's definitely the much better pitcher in this matchup. Give me Seattle at a pretty solid price there of around minus 145. Yeah, I I think that if you do fade Castillo, it's got to be on the road where he's been a little bit worse. Uh, he still has a 320 ERA on the yeah. road this year, but that's he's been pitching much better at home. And like you mentioned, Pavetta has been struggling at home, but these Red Sox games, they are... Uh, very, high very yes, very high scoring. This total is set at nine and a half, which sending up uh, just radar warning signs to me. Why is Castillo the ace of the Mariners and pitching in this game? And the total is at nine and a half. Uh, you look at over the last month, the Boston Red Sox have the best OPS against right-handed pitching so far this year, uh, or over the last 30 days with an 826. Seattle 23rd in the MLB with a 675 over the last 30 days. Um, they do have a really good bullpen though. So again, I'm not really understanding why this total is set at nine and a half unless they're really just going off of, Hey, the Boston overs have turned into a really popular play. Um, this is something that we always say with the college experience that the line is just smelling. And I think that's pointing me to a Boston money line here. I'll take the plus money with 22 wherever they were. Um, our next game on the slate is Milwaukee at St. Louis. Now, uh, we t- kind of expect that both of these teams will be at the top of the NL Central during August, but currently we're looking at the number one team in the NL Central and the fifth place team in the NL Central, and the fifth place team is minus 165 on the money line. The first place team is plus 152. Total set at eight. Uh, the over minus 122, the under plus 100. The minus one and a half on the Cardinals is plus 130. Plus one and a half on the Brewers, minus one forty. Scott, does any of that make sense? <laughs> Wait, so just to be clear, what do you have for the money line price? Uh, the money line price on the Cardinals is minus one sixty five. I just like the paint, like saying, "Hey, the fifth place team in the NL Central is minus one sixty five against the first. Yeah, place I, that's why I wanted to do a double check there, just to confirm, <laughs> because I'm assuming. The Brewers will win the the first game. Uh, I'm not officially sure, but Flaherty's on the mound, so I'm assuming Milwaukee once again will win the first game. I'm going to take Milwaukee here. Miley's been fine. I know he's kind of struggled against the Dodgers last time out, but it's the Dodgers, so I'm not going to fully roast him for that. Montgomery hasn't gotten much run support. He's 2-5 and five with a 4.11 ERA, but I want nothing to do with the Cardinals laying uh, laying on the on the money line here. I, I just think at the end of the day, the Brewers are the better team. I know that they have the better bullpen. And yes, you could argue the line's very trappy. I get it, but on principle, how the Cardinals are six and thirteen at home, 
And the Brewers are 10-9 and on the road. Now, of course, the Brewers have always been better at home than on the road, and that's still the case this year. But Miley's been a pretty solid pitcher for this team so far. Montgomery's been okay. Give me the Brewers? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the price. I like the price on the Brewers' um, money line, but the numbers for Miley against the Cardinals are uh, – Damning. They're hitting 357 against him. Nolan Arenado, 360. He's heating up over the weekend. I didn't watch much ball, but I do know that Nolan Arenado hit like two bombs. He, was he had a home like run in, I believe, three straight games over the weekend. Yeah. So he was heating up. And that's never a good sign for opponents, um, especially if he was like, he was four for 51 during one point when the Tigers are playing him uh, earlier on in that week, uh, last weekend. I, I thought he was injured. I thought his wrist was messed up. I, I thought they're going to put him on the IL. I thought so too. He got hit by a pitch in the WBC, and that was something that uh, was a worrisome. But uh, Wilson Contreras also hitting 360 against Wade Miley. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, 500. He's 8 for 16 with two home runs and a double. Uh, it's just murderous row against Miley up and down the order. And you look at this, and the Brewers are 30th in the MLB against left-handed pitching over the last month with a 604 OPS. It's tough. Like The Brewers at this money line price with a good bullpen is definitely backable. The issue is, is that I don't know if they're going to be in the lead with the bullpen coming in and they're going to want to win this game. So the way that I'm going to go about it is I hope that the Cardinals jump out to an early lead. And like you mentioned, the Brewers maybe win game one here. Are, are you taking um, them like first five run line for St. Louis? We'll probably go like first five run line or at this point we have a full game run line price of plus 130. So uh, that's how I'll go about it with this one. The Cardinals minus uh, plus 130 minus one and a half. Uh, I, think it, the, I think if I was going to take the Cardinals, I'd probably take the team total or the first five team total. It's another fade, good point. Just fade yeah. Miley by himself. Yeah. But once again, at minus 165, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to find it's value tough. on this Cardinals team based no. on current. I mean, they've been they've been better the last week. Still not good, but they set the bar extremely low. So <laughs> I, I, once again, maybe Miley fading him for a first five team total, but there's really not much meat on the bone if you want to take the Cardinals here. Agreed. Um, speaking of not much meat on the bone, we have no odds on the next matchup as the Atlanta Braves and Texas Rangers. Uh, Scott, do you have anything on this matchup that you'd like to add before we move on? Well, how many listed pitchers do we officially have here? Because I see Dane Dunning. Is that accurate? <laughs> I, I did see Dane Dunning earlier. I think they moved him back from Monday to Tuesday, I believe. Okay. It's been good. The Rangers. It's been really, really good. It kind of has been. Reno, <laughs> uh, Which... 1.72 ERA. I uh, I only have one pitcher, so I can't really say yeah. much. But I guess I'm going to lean Texas because Dunning's been really good. But once again, we don't really have much on this, so we kind of have to skip nope. it, don't we? Yep. Uh, it's typically, uh, I typically am able to pay attention over the week and see if maybe somebody's going to get a call. But uh, I I didn't have the uh, mental capacity. I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I wasn't feeling You're too well lazy to look through it. It's yeah, so I was too lazy to go through it. I was laying in my bed, um, watching Netflix. And what are you? What are you in the middle of? I just finished You season four, which is just wicked of a show. People say I look like the guy. 
I, I think the guy looks like Damsby Swanson, Penn Badgley. I've been told that I look a lot like the lead character in that show. That's I've gotten that. Not a, not a good thing. Have you seen it? <laughs> uh, no. See, people say it's not a good thing, but then other people say, well, he's attractive. I'm like, yeah, but you're comparing me to a serial killer. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But I <laughs> oh have gotten God. comparisons to Penn Badgley before. I don't that, know if they're good calls or not, but I've gotten it before. The The writers of the show are absolutely twisted. Like, I, I have no idea what you got, what kind of mind mindset you got to be in to write a, a story like that. But um, the I next wouldn't know. Game, I'm, I'm handicapping baseball games on a Tuesday, same, uh, on a Monday. So. Uh, the next game on our slate is the Chicago Cubs at the Houston Astros. Astros minus 160, Cubs plus 144. Total set at eight, minus 115 on the under, and the minus one and a half on the Astros is plus 135, plus one and a half on the Cubs, minus 130. Um, this is a matchup between two pitchers that Munoff has Cy Young futures on. So very good matchup on paper. Justin Steele, uh, shout out Mississippi State and swing your sword. Uh, the Mike Leach shirt, I figured I'd rep it today with Steele on the mound. Uh, he's 6-0 and on the year with a 182 ERA, 39 strikeouts, 14 walks, and 49.1 innings pitched. Christian Javier is 3-1 and with a 347 ERA, 54 strikeouts, 10 walks, and 46.2 innings pitched. Both of these pitchers have been extremely consistent, but here's the difference maker for me. Houston has a 689 OPS against left-handed pitching over the last 30 days. That's 21st in the MLB. The Cubs have a 753 OPS against righties during that span. I like the under, but give me the Cubbies at plus money here. I think the Cubs are getting a very good price, but I have to at least acknowledge how they did over the weekend. Not good. They lost back-to-back games <laughs> against Minnesota by 10-plus runs, and they gave up 11-plus runs in each of the last two games. So even if Steele pitches well, I'm not exactly sold on the bullpen. Let's put it that way. I can see a classic Jordan Alvarez game where you know the Astros are trailing early, the Cubs pull Steele, and then Alvarez hits a three-run homer in the eighth inning, and the Astros win the game. Like I, I could see one of that uh, scenarios happening. I am going to go with the Cubs' first five. I'm just going to ignore the bullpen entirely. If you want to give me Steele at plus money, who right now, I don't know if he's the officially the favorite to win the NL Cy Young, but he's got to be like top four. He's 6-0 with a 1.82 ERA. Like, I, I don't know what more you want from a That's candidate. Incredible. Yeah, he's been insane. Javier's been good, too. And once again, the Astros have been uh, underwhelming this year, but they haven't been better lately. So I do like the current form they've been in. It was a pretty long road trip, and they came out on top most of the time. Then again, you look at who they played against, and it was against the White Sox, who have been a mess. And it was against the Angels, and the Angels haven't been good either. But they have won four of their last five. I am going to lean to the under in this game, because even on that that good stretch the Astros were on over the weekend – they scored less than six runs in each of their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, each of the last eight games. So Houston's winning in some pitchers duels, and I think this could be one of them. I'm going to lean to the under, but I will go with the Cubs first five. I'll take Steele and I'll ignore everybody else on the roster uh, for a <laughs> pitching perspective, but I'll take Cubs first five. Yep. Like I said, I, I love that under and the Cubs at plus money. I think it's hard to pass up. And over the last two weeks, 430 ERA, 19th will be Houston only 12th with a 380. Their bullpen has been surprisingly like Mid. not elite. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good, but there's been some spots where they've been vulnerable this year. Um, and one of them is his name is Rafael Montero, but we'll move on. Another game that we don't have odds currently on. 
is the Cleveland Guardians and Chicago White Sox. Scott, you said that you saw a pitcher listed for the White Sox here recently, right? Um, trying to, I, I said I saw Lance Lynn, according to yeah. ESPN. Okay. I don't know how accurate that is. I, I hope for your fantasy team that I don't even know for your fantasy team if I hope he pitches or not. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, either. he hasn't been good for your fantasy team, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But yeah, uh, apparently it's supposed to be Lance Lynn. Yeah, I started him because it's a two-start week, and the Guardians' offense isn't incredible this year. And then he's also got the Royals coming up this week, um, so I'm hoping for a good start from him. And well, if I'm Royals hoping from a good start him, so for Lynn, but <laughs> if I'm hoping for a good start from Lynn, and then also Bieber on the mound, I would probably lean towards the under if they're going to list it a little bit higher, knowing that Lynn hasn't had the greatest season so far. Um, the the other game that we don't have odds, I promise, is the last one of the day. It's the Cincinnati Reds and Colorado Rockies. Uh, Scott, anything to add on this one? Uh, you got undecided against Chase Anderson. So I hear undecided's pretty good, right? Uh, he might be better than Chase Anderson, but <laughs> Anderson's been around for a while. He's kind of jumped around. I don't have his numbers at cores in his career, but so far this season, he has made two appearances, gone less than three and a third in each of the two, giving up no runs, but once again, basically no length whatsoever. So I don't really have much here. I think I would lean to Cincinnati because if Anderson's going to give you three innings and then you have the Rockies bullpen for about six, I'll automatically lean to the other team. But I don't feel great about it. But once again, we don't have odds. So I'm assuming the Rockies will be favored because uh, just the fact that Anderson is a zero ERA. But I'll lean to Cincinnati. And as for the other game, you got Bieber most likely against Lynn, so I guess I'll lean to Bieber run line in that spot, but I don't really have much because I don't have odds on it, but I'll lean to Cincinnati because I think that that Anderson has been okay. Once again, you might get six innings of Rockies bullpen. I'll go elsewhere with my money if that's the case. Yeah, I feel better on the totals for both of those games. Under on the Guardians, White Sox, um, probably lean towards the guards, and then the over with the Reds, Rockies, probably yep. lean towards the rocks. Um, but the, like you mentioned, uh, can't really trust either bullpen, to be honest. Uh, we have four more games on the schedule. Um, we head to San Diego for the Kansas City Royals at the San Diego Padres. Padres minus 196, Royals plus 180 on the money line. Total set at 8.5, a little bit juiced to the over. Minus 1.5 on the Padres is plus 105, plus 1.5, minus 115 for the Royals. Scott, What are we doing here? It's tough to find value because I think the line is fair. Uh, The Padres are around minus 210, minus 220. Lugo's pitching. He's been very good in three of his last four outings. In fact, with the exception of a Cubs game where he didn't exactly perform that well, five innings, four runs, he has gone 18 innings and given up five earned runs in, once again, the last three starts and not including the uh, Cubs start in between. But he's been solid. And I, I never expected Seth Luga to be a decent starting pitcher, but yet here we are. Brady Singer, though, has been so underwhelming this year that it's extremely concerning for me because Singer was supposed to be, I don't want to say the next face of this rotation, but he's expected to be a key part of it. And now he's got a 7.71 ERA, yeah. and he's been really underwhelming both home and road. So he's been worse on the road, actually, with an 8.59 ERA. But I... Can't really back Singer here. He was good last time out. Yep. That was at home, and that was against the White Sox, and they're bad against everybody. But I am going to lean <laughs> to San Diego. I'd say if I was trying to find any value on Kansas City, 
I would consider the team total over because they have been hitting the ball pretty well lately. Uh, so that would be my angle. But Lugo's been pretty good once again the last couple outings. I think I would probably take a spin on the Royals team total over. Probably going to be at, uh, what, what would it be, at three and a half or two and a half? I would probably go, th- I'd probably list it at three and a half, yeah. You might be able to find a three flat if you find a book that has even number or whole number team totals. I'd probably go with Kansas City team total over because I do like the current form of the offense, but I'm not picking them to win the game when they're 6-13 and 13 on the road, 12-30 and 30 straight up, and they have the much worse pitcher based on current numbers. So I think San Diego's going to win the game, but I do think for a team total, if you want to take a spin with Kansas City, I don't mind it. Yeah, uh, let me know if I start lagging here because you were lagging from me, and I think it's mostly my Wi-Fi that's the issue uh, a lot of the times. But for me, uh, the Royals haven't been as bad lately, like you mentioned. Uh, the the, yeah, they have the 15th OPS in the league against righties over the last month with a 710. Padres, much worse, 27th with a 650, but their bullpen has been amazing, and Lugo has been pretty good this season. San Diego, Kansas City's though, 417 is 16th in the MLB. It's not terrible. And there's just, it's really hard to read Singer right now. And that's a guy that I want to like really badly, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pull two stints. His last four starts, um, it went good, bad, good, uh, or it went good, bad, bad, good. Um, It was, at the Diamondbacks, where he had given up only one run through six innings. Then he goes at the Twins, and it gets bombed for eight and 2.2. Then the badness, I guess, continues against the Oakland Athletics at home. Inside a good pitcher's park, he gives up five to the A's in four innings. And then Malcolm and I decide to sit him for the week in fantasy, and he gives up one run to the White Sox through six. He has a good start, and it was one of his better starts of the year. It's really hard to read Singer. Um, And for a game that I feel like, yeah, the Padres is going to come out on top, what, 75% of the time, we're getting this money line at plus 200. I don't think that's a terrible look either. Um, So for a bet that I think is, what, a roll of the dice plus 200, you're going to win maybe one of three of them that you play. I don't think it's a terrible look, but I'm not going to bet it. Personally. That's why I want the team total because you said spring. Uh, you said that Singer is a bit unpredictable, but I don't see much value laying that much on Lugo. So yeah. I'll take a spin with the team total in Kansas City, and I'll hope it works out. It's a great look. Uh, the next game, talking about those Diamondbacks and Athletics, we have the two playing against each other: Arizona at Oakland. Plus 130 for Oakland at home in the dump. Uh, the D-backs minus 140. This price has actually come down 15 cents. Total set at nine. Uh, minus one and a half for the D-backs is plus 122. Plus one and a half minus 132. Uh, Scott, the, the price has shortened a little bit on the D-backs. Are, uh, people fading uh, Tommy Henry, my guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Arizona <laughs> in the spot. Henry has not been good on the road, uh, 6.75 ERA on the road. Only uh, He hasn't made many starts on the road, though. It's a bit of a limited sample size. But, in fact, I believe he's only made one road start, and he went five and a third. But he wasn't 
he ended up doing decently last time out. They lost a start anyway against San Francisco, but the last two outings, 12 and two-thirds, four earned runs total. So he's been pretty good the last two outings. And I do think with Oakland, once again, being the worst team I've seen in probably 20 years, uh, Moore's <laughs> on the mound, and that's not a good sign. But then again, I don't know who in the rotation is a good sign. I'm taking Arizona. Uh, they're above 500 on the road. The Athletics are a casual 4-18 and 18 at home. I'm going to take Arizona. I mean, I'm not going to overthink this. One of these teams is actually pretty good, and the other team is the worst team I've seen in 20 years. So give me Arizona minus 140. I think this line's a bit absurd. If you want to make a case for Moore, who has decent stuff, I've heard that before. A lot of guys with good stuff, and yet that doesn't work out for him because their command <laughs> isn't always there. Oakland's bullpen is one of the worst bullpens I've ever seen on a team. Is their bullpen ERA still north of eight? Because it feels like it. Um, I can pull that up. Over the last two weeks, it is the worst in the MLB with a 7.17. Okay, so it's not officially eight, but it's around there. <laughs> yeah, give me Arizona. It's close I enough. mean, 140. Really? I, give me the run line. Like, I, I don't care. They're getting a guaranteed nine of bats on the road, and nobody's there to actually watch the the Athletics play to cheer them on. So, yeah, give me the give me the Diamondbacks winning this comfortably. Yeah, I pulled up Tommy Henry's road splits from last year as well. He was two and two with a 485 ERA, 11 walks in those five starts. That's doable. So, 485, you can live with that. It's all right, but I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go with the over here. Um, you look at the D-backs; they have the second best OPS against uh, right-handed pitching over the last month with an 819. Oakland tenth in the MLB with a 779 over the last two uh, over the last month against lefties. And Tommy Henry has wait. You said you said Arizona. Those numbers were against lefties or righties. Righties, because Moore's a lefty. Yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, that's that's why. That's why I was making sure we're the same point there. Arizona seven oh eight against lefties, uh, Uh seventeenth. So maybe it's not a bad spot for Oakland. I was looking at the wrong number. The odds suggest it's a decent spot, but I'm not sure there are good spots for Oakland. And the price is shortening on the D backs. But, I'm just going to say thank you for that being the case. How often can you fade <laughs> Oakland with a team over 500 at minus 140? Not often. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably still going over here. I, I think there's a lot of runs scored in this game. Uh, both offenses have been all right over the last month, and Oakland has the worst bullpen in the league. Arizona doesn't have a closer, and they're also 27th in the ERA over the last two weeks with a 544. So that's where I'm going to go for this one. Um the next game on the slate is a uh, 9.40 start for the Phillies and the San Francisco Giants. Philadelphia, minus 110 on the money line on the road, uh, and it's minus 110 both ways. San Francisco, minus 110. Uh, you can actually find them at plus 100 on FanDuel currently. The total set at 7.5, minus 110 both ways as well. The minus 1.5 on the Phillies is plus 158, plus 1.5, Minus 176 on the San Francisco Giants. Scott, in the Bay, in the Bay Area, how we how we looking at this game? For me, I think that there's not much value at all on either pitcher because I think it's pretty even. Now, you can argue Cobb's been the better starting pitcher this season, and I would agree with that. But I still think Wheeler's got better stuff if you want to just talk about who I think is the better pitcher. Now, I do think this game has classic 3-2 written all over it like a classic <laughs> Giants home game vibe to it. So I'm going to lean to the under. I don't trust either bullpen that much, though, so I probably would look to the first five under. I don't see many runs here. 
I, I know that Cobb is very good as a ground ball pitcher of keeping the ball in the ballpark. And Wheeler is a strikeout guy who occasionally gives up some long balls. But I do think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I'm going to lean to the under. According to the weather report, though, it should I was be just about to look that up. Decent amount of wind blowing out, actually. Uh, so you can argue that you could wait on the total because you might get some over money coming in. But I like the pitchers here. I, I think I'm going to lean under, but I am aware that the wind is blowing dead straight to center. Uh, it's blowing out at around. Uh, let me check the actual amount of wind. About nine miles per hour, but. The home run percentage is still roughly negative. It's still going to be, it's around like plus two, give or take. So it's not really blowing in any direction besides dead straight to center field. So as long as you don't give up any home runs to center field, it should be fine. I'm going to lean to the under. I, I still see a lower scoring game here. This really just has classic 3-2 game written all over it for me. I'm on the under. Yeah, I apologize to the listeners right now. I might be lagging because I'm currently feeling a 10-mile-an-hour wind coming in from center field from my fucking laptop right now. (laughs) Um, But uh, the offenses are both top 10 against right-handed pitching this year, and I I think both starting pitchers should do all right. This is one where I think the it comes down to the bullpens and yeah. which one's going to blow it first. The San Francisco Giants over the last two weeks, 566. So I'm going to go uh, with the Phillies here. Um, the last game on our slate is a, uh, again, my fan on my computer is blowing 10 miles an hour into my face. It's taking forever. It's 9.45 p.m. The Minnesota Twins at the L.A. Dodgers. Dodgers minus 195 on the money line. Twins plus 180. Total set at 8. Minus 1.5 plus 110. Plus 1.5 minus 120. Scott, how are you handicapping this final game of the slate? So I know Kershaw's been really good this year, uh, but Ober's actually been pretty good this year. Yes. I'm going to take a spin with Minnesota at at a very good plus price. Uh, The Dodgers are minus 195. Makes sense. Kershaw's been good. They're at home. And, you know, basic Dodger stuff. But I am going to lean to the Twins. uh, Over 1.85 ERA with a 24.1 inning sample size. So decent sample size there, and he's been pretty good. But Minnesota's been in good form. Now, the Dodgers have won five straight. Uh, but you're looking at Minnesota. They scored 11-plus runs in each of their last two games. Uh, they won. Uh, they've been on a pretty long homestead, so I have to acknowledge that they are going to be traveling on the road for the first time in a week or so, which isn't always the best spot. But I do think the Dodgers are too big of a favorite in this spot. I understand it, but there's not much value on it. The value is on Minnesota. You hope Ober can match Kershaw, and then you'll let the bullpens kind of battle themselves out. But... If you want to give me like a plus 170, plus 180 underdog with a team that scored 11 plus runs in each of the last two games, <laughs> I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a flyer on it. So give me Minnesota. We're in totally agreement here because we can understand why this price is so high on the Dodgers. Kershaw has a 0.45 ERA and three starts at Dodger Stadium. But Ober's done all right. And I'm a believer in him. I know Malcolm's a believer Just in, keep it close. in him. Just we'll see the Dodgers bullpen. Just keep it close. We'll go exactly. Like the offense is hot. Let's take the hot six at a big price and hey that's that's what we're talking about with the odds one out of every three hopefully on the plus 200 you're gonna hit if you take the twins if i take the royals we we might hit one of the two (laughs) that's that's how we're gonna view it here um so we're gonna end the episode with our lock and dog scott you're the guest on the episode which is also an excuse for me to go find my lock and dog from the episode uh what are you gonna do with your lock and dog yeah i like how you 
push it over to me because you're assuming yeah. that I have my lock and dog prepared already. <laughs> yeah. We always we I mean, you're no different than all of us. Malcolm's the only one that comes in prepared with it. We like to see how we talk about it and get swayed by each I other. I like to discuss. Yeah. Uh but yeah, for me, my lock on the show. You know what? I think I'm gonna go back to the first game we actually talked about. I'm gonna take the Orioles on the money line uh, at around minus one thirty. I really like Kramer as an overall pitcher, and I was a bit concerned with his early season starts, but he's been good lately. Last two starts, 12 innings, one run. Oakland, uh, sorry, not Oakland. Sorry, that's a that's a spoiler for my dog. Uh, but <laughs> Baltimore uh, is still 13 and six at home, and the Angels have been really bad for the last week and change. But Kramer, once again, been really good. You're going to give me one of the best home teams in the league that's in great form. Maybe Mullins hits for the cycle again. Who knows? But I do think with Silseth pitching, and once again, he got shelled his last time out, and he gives them no length whatsoever. I like the value in Baltimore here. Give me the Orioles' money line at minus 130. I'd be shocked if that was available at minus 130 uh, by Tuesday morning. Probably going to move up to 150 if I had to guess. But I'm going to go with Baltimore money line there. I like the price at minus 130. And for my dog, I'm going to go with the Dimebacks on the run line against the Athletics. You're going to give me a road team against one of the worst home teams I've ever seen. They're 4-18 <laughs> and 18 at home, and they have less than 5,000 fans in the stadium every game. Less than 3,000. <laughs> less than 3,000 at this point, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go with Henry. I know that the last start he lost, but once again, last two starts, roughly 13 innings, four runs allowed. So he's been fine. He just hasn't gotten much run support. But the Dimebacks, we've talked about several times on the show, a quietly good baseball team. And the athletics are underwhelming. Mueller's numbers are bad. The bullpen is historically bad. I'm going to go with the Dimebacks run line on the road. It's going to be plus money. I'm not sure what the exact price is. Probably close to like plus 115, if I had to guess, at minus 140 on the money line. Give the Dimebacks on the run line on the road against the worst home team I've ever seen. That's a big shot there. Uh, I, I do think Oakland might compete. I have a weird feeling. I think they might one, as but... well, but if you're going to give me nine guaranteed bats against Moore and the bullpen, <laughs> I'm hoping they can outscore the athletics. 100%. And I, I, I feel like I have to do it for the people. Uh, we're going to the Noah Beanick game for my lock, and it's going to be the Detroit Tigers on the money line, minus 120. Um, Lorenzen's in great form. Two straight starts of seven innings, one run. And Luis Ortiz in his first outing in the MLB was not great. And the Pirates, they've lost 11 of the last 13. I like the Detroit Tigers here at home. And then for my dog, give me Justin Steele. And the Cubs, plus 145 on the road. It's Mississippi State, a.k.a. Mike Leach. Go buy the shirt. Swing your sword. I think that it's a really tight game, and it's somewhat of a coin flip at plus 145 with maybe the best pitcher so far this year in the National League. Like, he's literally 6-0 and with a 182 ERA. That's definitely worthy against a Houston Astros offense that is without a couple of key pieces in Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley, and they've been struggling so far early on in the season. I feel like that's a nice shot, plus 145 with the Cubs on the money line. Yeah, the Cubs' uh, first five was my runner-up, but I, I do think that this game could be very low-scoring early, and then mm -hmm. it could be a tie, and then the Cubs' bullpen blows it because they gave up double-digit runs over the weekend on a couple of occasions. So maybe I would try to ask if you'd rather take the first five instead of the full game or if you want to just let it ride for the bigger dog. 
I'd probably just let it ride because I feel like it could be like a one nothing game early on, and that's still a coin flip. Um, Once I think again, both- I still feel like this is an Alv- an Al- I still feel like this is a Jordan game where he just hits a bomb <laughs> to give him the lead in the eighth inning. But- We're gonna clip that if it happens. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll I'll clip that. I'll turn it into a, a Twitter video or something. Um, and speaking of Twitter, you can follow the show at MLB SGPN. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Reichel Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at the word 70, number 7NB. Um, like, leave a rating, subscribe on YouTube, leave a review on uh, any podcast service that you're listening to. We'll uh, read them out on the episode at the end of the uh, show whenever you leave the review and we see it. Um, Scott, thank you for filling in today. Uh, Like I mentioned, MLB gambling podcast is scrambling. You've done a great job this year producing the episodes. um, And it's been a blast recording the two shows with you over the last week for me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So anything else that you'd like to add before we head out of here? Not really. I uh, did the NBA show uh, this morning for the Eastern Conference Finals. Going to be on a couple more episodes this week. Got some tennis episodes coming up this week as well. When's the uh, next but, major? Is that Roland Garros? Uh, yes. Uh, French Open is in roughly two weeks, give or take. So awesome. it's around the corner. Uh, should be fun. But besides that, also going to be starting up the WNBA season with Terrell. So keep an eye out for that. Should be having a couple episodes this week. But besides that, I'll be back once again, I believe tomorrow with Dylan, I think, who might be pushing through COVID. I'm not sure if he's going to be healthy enough to actually do the episode. I thought he said it was Dylan. I I think it's Malcolm has COVID right now. Dylan's traveling back from Carolina. Oh, my bad. I thought thought Dylan also had it. Apologies. Okay. All right. We're giving Dylan COVID. (laughs) Yeah, never mind. I I might have jinxed him into COVID. So my apologies. Yeah, I'll be with Dylan uh, tomorrow. So real real quick, uh, status update on Rafa. What do we think? Uh, I, don't think he's he gonna, I don't think he's going to play in the French Open, personally. I, I saw that video. I think you tweeted he's it hunched out. over. It looked yeah. really rough. It's tough. I've, I said months ago, I don't think he's going to play. But still, uh, it's not fun. Sorry, Dylan. Uh, I thought maybe the Mets would have given you COVID because you've watched them over the weekend <laughs> against the uh, Nationals. But yeah, I'll be back again tomorrow. I'm going to miss the King of Clay if he doesn't play. But for that, we bid you adieu. Uh, thanks for listening. Adios, amigos.